The phone conversation between fantasy veterans Bob Harris and Matt Waldman is a quick and dirty rundown of players, units, or teams from Sunday's games. Feel it or fuck it is our instant verdict on the fantasy value of a player situation, not the ability, effort, or character of the player. This is just how two old-timers in this industry talk when they got a lot of cover in a little time. Happy super, happy post Super Bowl! I think that like it's official holiday now, isn't it? Nobody's going to work or anything, are they? I don't know. I'm working. I don't know about you. I already got some players done, but we don't count. I'll probably do something. If I'm a lawyer in Philly, I'm probably working today. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> or if you're a, or if you're street maintenance, that you know, that's for sure too. Street maintenance. If you're the Crisco guy, if you're working the light poles, uh, that it was a busy week last week uh, yeah. to no avail. Maybe this week, not too much. Yeah, but what do you think of the game? It was a fun game. I enjoyed it. You know, I watched it about four hours after the it was over, but I but I certainly enjoyed it. And so I'm just wondering, like, there were a lot of questions that I had with this. You, you know, when watching this game from a fantasy perspective, especially the running backs, because I watched. You know, they they trotted out Miles Sanders first, saw Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell second, and from my perspective, maybe not from a from a fantasy angle, but just from a football angle. You know, Miles Sanders is the best athlete of the three, but I think he's the worst running back of the three, if you ask me. Um, you, you know, I actually, when I look at Gainwell and Scott, I think they're they're actually more skilled players at the position. They just don't have the athletic profile that Sanders has. And the difference isn't so great that you're going to like, you know, you're going to say Miles Sanders should be third on the depth chart, except when he makes mistakes, which... You know, he did do. So I'm just curious. Do you think if Miles Sanders goes elsewhere, um, do you think this was his peak year of his career? Would you, are you feeling that idea? Uh, no, I'm not feeling that idea. Fuck that idea. I, I feel like maybe somebody else will uh, see the value of giving, making more concerted effort to put the ball in his hands and take advantage of his athleticism, maybe in a scheme that uh, keeps him from making those mistakes or limits his uh, opportunities to make mistakes. He's a great player. I say every time I talk to somebody who covers the Eagles, why do the Eagles not love Miles Sanders as much as the rest of us love Miles Sanders? And, you know, their reply is invariably, well, they, they do love him. And, uh, you know, and I'll go back to the Chicago game, you know, and said they loved him so much that they sat a thousand yard rusher into the middle of the second quarter. I mean, you know, never heard of anything disciplinary. It just, just seems like their usage with him is hit or miss. I would like to see somebody, uh, yeah, I'd like to see him go to a place where they maybe, you know, do put the effort to put the ball in his hands and see what he could do. We can both remember two years ago where he was pretty much the only playmaker in that offense. He had the injuries at receiver. He was the, 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 the long threat, the short threat, and every threat in between. So I'd like to see somebody uh, make better use of that. So, no, fuck that. Yeah, I'm kind, of, job. I'm kind of in between feeling or fuck it. If I had to, if I had to like say right now I'm kind of feeling it, um, and only because the Eagles have such a good offensive line, um, they have done a lot in True. recently to try and maximize what he does well or optimize him. And I think they may be frustrated that he still makes some mistakes that they wouldn't like to see. But the talent is definitely there. I don't think he's the the least talented back in the backfield. I do think that from a skills perspective, I like if Boston Scott was a similar weight, he would be starting over Miles Sanders. If Kenneth Gainwell, you know, Kenneth Gainwell got so much love pre-draft, but he was one of those guys that I was like, 
He took a year off from Memphis during the COVID year, and he was still 195, didn't gain any weight, and still didn't gain any explosion in addition to that. And, you know, to me, skill-wise, he could have been a future Tiki Barber, and maybe he still gets there, but he didn't add any man weight, didn't add any of that extra explosion that would make him a top starter. So I, I think Miles Sanders has a chance to be peaking this um, this year just because the Eagles' offensive line is so good, and I don't know where he's going to wind up that you could say is a similar circumstance. But I'm feeling your explanation as well. So what about... Kenneth Gainwell, does he have fantasy starter value in 2023 for the Eagles if Sanders goes elsewhere? Probably so. So feeling it remotely, but but also in a timeshare. I mean, you know, whether Trey Sermon season begins in earnest, people. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the Phoenix rises. Uh, so I, I don't think he's, you know, uh, they don't show me this, you know, any reason. They've shown me no reason to believe they're going to be able, you know, commit to one back and and let that guy handle a huge workload. I think they're going to split it up a little bit, and whether it's Trey Sermon or they grab somebody in the draft or uh, sign a cheaper free agent, whatever, there'll be somebody else in the mix. But but still, you know, a reasonable fantasy play, a guy that you'll be playing some weeks. Yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised at all if Kenneth Gainwell is is heavily in the mix, and I'm I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Sermon doesn't get a real shot, considering that they had a second round grade on him and they traded for him they were attempting to trade for him before he got cut and then they ended up acquiring him so i i don't think they draft a back very high they will draft one though i agree with you that they will um so yeah i think there's potential fantasy starter value there in 2023 i'm not trying to break the bank and say "Ooh, he's a guy you need to start raising his value inside round 15 but i think that you know 15, in the last five picks of a 20-round draft, Kenneth Gainwell needs to be on your list. And he may be much higher than that once we get into the summer and see what his actual role may be and what yeah. the talk is. So Boston Scott, you know, he's he's a free agent. Does he earn a similar role where he's kind of a red zone guy and a passing, you know, passing down back who seems to get hard yards for this team and, and make – um, compelling plays. Can do you think he can have a similar role elsewhere? Where maybe you're using him as a bye week starter in fantasy? I mean, we've seen some of these you know more diminutive players do this before. Darren Sproles has done this before, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I'm not I'm not feeling it, but you know, not going to dismiss it out of hand. I mean, you know, he's not going to make a lot of money and. Sorry, you're a running back, young man, but that's the way of the world. So uh, hopefully he finds a place where there is, uh, you know, a niche there that he could fill. Maybe it's Philadelphia. Yeah, maybe it is. I'm I'm feeling it just because I've always loved his talent, and I think that his talent has been compelling enough to, to, to work his way into a position. But I'm not feeling him as a, you know anything more as a waiver right. wire guy you yeah. add on so hopefully it's an nfc east team so he can continue playing the giants twice a year and score us all the touchdowns see there you go so will or detroit you know when they occasionally got to play them will 12 personnel two tight end usage continue to increase in 2023 it seems like we saw a pretty big increase in this last year um do you think that that trend continues i think i think yes uh, you know, there are plenty of talent at the position and, you know, the various types of tight ends who kind of fill the, the different roles, the inline guys, the, the move tight ends. Uh, so there's there's plenty of talent there and teams seem to have there. There seems to be no shortage of tight ends. While there might be shortages of other things in this world, tight ends are abundant. This draft class is loaded with them, as you have outlined previously 
uh, previously on this very podcast. And so, so yeah, I think I think they will continue using it. I guess the only uh, uh, you know caveat for me would be, I mean, just there's also a lot of receivers ready to play pro football coming out of school. Maybe you know, but I don't know that that precludes anyone from using twelve. They can still use plenty of wide receivers. So. Yeah, I think they'll mix and match. They'll continue to mix and match, but I think we are going to see more 12 personnel as well, um, especially because I don't think opposing defenses can turn on a dime what they've drafted and acquired and fielded in terms of smaller personnel. So it just seems like for the next three to four years, we're going to. Con- I think we have a chance to see a lot of two tight end sets having the advantage. I mean, look at the Super Bowl, and you saw both teams use a lot of two tight end sets with tight ends on the wings, and then they did a lot with the running game and the play-action passing game off that. And it just creates so many um, schematic difficulties for defenses to account for, and the size advantage does help when you're line you know when you're outside linebackers or safety size um so i'm i'm definitely feeling this and and i think the outshoot of this that i that i kind of want to talk about is you look at a player like jackson smith and jigba who is you know maybe the top wide receiver prospect in this class and he's definitely a good player um but he's a cooper cup type of player when you're talking about the position not necessarily a one-to-one comparison um though you know where his strengths are fit for the same role that cooper cup has which is using him in the slot um occasionally on the outside as a flanker but he's not a speed demon and most people think of a wide receiver one in the draft as a primary x receiver the, the the split end and certainly we've seen, you know, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Anquan Bolden, um, Michael um, Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, all be slot flanker hybrids. Amon Ross St. Brown. Amon Ross St. Brown, great example there too. So I think Jackson Smith and Jigba very well could earn a role where he has a high volume and, and, match, and his production matches his um, draft stock but i think that there will be fewer teams that are going to be going after that so i guess my question to you is do you think we're going to see a shrinkage um smith ninjigba not in, notwithstanding he can be the exception do you think we're going to see a shrinkage in productive slot receivers i mean look at hunter renfro who looked like he was ready to right. break out and z- zip last year yeah, and you, you you would have thought with the you know the New England crew coming to town, they have built their stock and trade on maximizing the abilities of those guys. So uh, it's maybe too narrow a sample size. And Hunter Henry was hurt a lot, so I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna just uh, give up the ghost on that one. I just drafted him really late in a, in a way too early mock draft, and it is way too early. Everybody just uh, you know a thought as I've been going through the first couple drafts I've done. Uh, I feel miserable. Like with every other pick, I'm going, I don't really like this guy. I It strikes me, Matt. You feel this or fuck this. Uh, I haven't fallen in love with anybody yet. And not, you know, fall in love. I haven't, I haven't, I don't think we have enough information in a way to early mock draft. And also, you know, to know what the outcomes are going to be. But also, uh, I haven't had time to fall in love with situations and values and, and prices. And I think that's more of the things that I start, you know, feeling really good about going, oh, I really like this guy's price. 
I don't feel good about anyone's price now. I think I'm overpaying for every damn player. And so, uh, so, so that's part of this. But I do think that, you know, I don't think the slot is going the way of the Dodo, but I think there's going to be more guys working the slot, and many of them will be tight ends. Yeah, I, would, I think that's a reasonable answer. And I think the, the question that offshoots from what your explanation is with your answer should be, um, feel it or fuck it. I know you're still going to do it regardless of your answer, but feel it or fuck it, drafting in fantasy football before free agency. Uh, fuck it, but it's part of the job, right? But yeah. but also it is, you know, I do find it to be a helpful exercise and just start, you know, ingraining the values and ingraining some of, you know, I mean, pretty much already know who your plant, you know, plant that your flag guys are going to be. And maybe that changes and shifts a little bit or you add to that list as you see values that really stand out to you. Uh, but like in the most recent one I'm doing, I, you know, I think I had the first pick overall. I felt pretty good about the first pick overall. Um, the turn kind of like, had some choices that I really didn't care for next turn. I felt a lot better about the choices, you know, so it just seems like, you know, there's various levels of player that, that I've still got to come around to, you know, come to grips with what the price is. And, and as you know, I am old and mean and cheap and I don't want to overpay for anything. And I felt like, you know, I feel a little bit like I'm overpaying for some assets here and, you know, like Brees Hall among them, right. You're, you yeah. know, you're wondering, you know, do you, if we learned anything. J, J, JK Dobbins told us last year, slow down a little bit with those ACL recoveries. Yes. I mean, we've gotten to the point where we think this technology is so great and, you know, the medical, you know, capabilities are so great that these guys inevitably return in short order. Uh, not inevitably. There's one Adrian Peterson. That's basically, that's basically the And his name there. is Terry Allen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. And and I would also say, I, I'm definitely feeling the idea of being able to, use a game to do your research. So if the draft, yeah. if drafting allows you to, to it forces, you know, kind of influences you as a nice little carrot or sweetener to be researching stuff, then yeah, I'm all for it. That's awesome. So let's move on to IDP a little bit. We don't really do that very often, but you know, Nick Bolton was one of those players that was so much fun to watch in college. Um, Mark Schofield and I years ago were, or a couple years ago, watch Nick Bolton just crushing um, Mac Jones and Mac Jones kind of standing up to that uh, and making a heck of a play. But Bolton was one of those guys that was so much fun. And he was a, he had a terrific season this year, maybe not from a fantasy perspective, but like leading tackles for the chiefs. Um, certainly getting compared to guys like Gerard Mayo and Donta Hightower by the Chiefs staff. Um, is he a linebacker one in the near future? Oh, he was almost like, uh, you know, hit holy territory in my house yesterday because my <laughs> one of my showdown lineups uh, might have included the Chiefs defense uh, in a featured role. So um, so he's certainly higher on my radar. I thought, you know, I, I think entirely possible. Right. I mean, you know, we're always looking for those. Uh, linebackers, those disruptive playmakers. Uh, so yes, he will. Uh, maybe not linebacker one. I think you know mostly we stick you know with the big tackle machines. Yeah. Uh, still to this point as linebacker ones, but but he'll be on the radar. Yeah, he certainly is. I mean, he was. I think from what I've seen as linebackers overall, I think he was thirty third out of all fantasy linebackers, depending on your scoring system. Yep. Um, and then twenty eighth if you looked at um, inside linebackers. Um, so he's climbing. And it is yeah. year two for him. So I think there's a real possibility. That, and he can blitz. So Hoping he could, he's a value. Yeah. Shh. Yeah, yeah. It depends on what they do there. But the the corollary to this is is Jalen Hurts. 
that fumble to me, I my feel it or fuck it is, was that fumble just the easiest bet in this game? That in hindsight, uh, in hindsight, feel it and in, in foresight, fuck it. I mean, you know, I mean, I'll bet on you know. Like when, so when I bet, I'm betting lottery ticket style. I'm not a professional gambler. So I'm not sitting there trying to build a bankroll. I'm sitting there trying to have fun. So that seems like the kind of dark tossy kind of bet that you would make, uh, you know. Uh, and also, I mean, he has the ball in his hands a lot and he's trying to do a lot with it. So, uh, so you know, I don't always look at, you know, things like this as a negative because sometimes when you try to do 10,000 things, one of them is going to go awry. Uh, so, yeah. I- yeah. I'm to- I was total I wish I had thought about it because I'm not a betting person either but if I were I would have bet on that would have been the one I bet on just because studying him in college I think his middle name was Fumble. I mean that was he was he was one of those guys that any because of the extra effort, the extra time he tries to create, the ball comes loose trying to make dynamic movement which is just common for any player with the ball he's a terrific young quarterback um but yeah he fumbled a lot at alabama and oklahoma and that would have been one that i thought i should have i i wish i had bet money on that's 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 one of those okay so moving back aj brown is he a better to fuck that Nobody's a better T.O. than T.O. Um, but he's a very good player. And, you know, I think right now, you know, in this offense, I mean, is there not like, I mean, if I was being a, a pot stirrer here, uh, is there not a an argument to be made that he's 1B? Oh, 1B. In Philadelphia? 1B. 1B to right. Devonta Smith? All right. Okay. I, okay. I All right. We may get to that in a little bit here. I'm. I think I think AJ Brown um has a chance to be mentioned on along the same lines of TO. I think he's getting closer to that, but I'm with you. Fuck that right now. Let's not get TO into the conversation. But man, he can track the ball. He's a he can play inside, outside. He's a beast physically. He he's terrific. You know, he's very good on the outside in terms of winning contested plays. And, you know, his, his bread and butter, all those dig routes up in the middle and being able to run after the catch. I don't think he's as good of a runner after the catch as T.O. was. I'll put yeah, it that These big way. comparisons. I, well, I was listening to my, my buddy MJD uh, compare Patrick Mahomes to Tom Brady and saying he's kind of moved ahead. Going, nah, you might want to slow your roll a little bit, Maurice. <laughs> yeah, let's l- listen. Uh, we'll, we'll get to, you know, let's just go ahead and go to that. Patrick Mahomes. If you had a quarterback to defend the planet from aliens and you had to pick a team and you had to have a quarterback to win one game so that the so that the aliens don't send us to the mines and they leave us alone because they they you know they're they're some oddball galaxy where I've worked on this article before. This. I know I've, I know yeah I mean I sounds familiar doesn't it would he be the quarterback to defend the planet he would be the quarterback to defend I feel that 100%. Yeah. I, he would be right now. Yeah. Like, and, and Tom Brady would be the uh, underwear model to defend the planet. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Or he would just, he you could just cut out that picture of him and Tony Dungy and maybe paste it on a satellite image projecting out into space and they might not even come to the planet. There you go. So, you, go. you know, but, but yeah, I mean, playing on a, on a high ankle sprain like he did and while he wasn't, you know, he wasn't lighting it up. You know, the fact that he could run still, and he's an underrated runner. 
Um, and that was something, you know, you thought you were going to see more out of when you watched him at Texas Tech because he ran a lot at Texas Tech. But he hasn't needed to, really. And, um, yeah, I think he's definitely the quarterback to defend the planet. And while I don't think he's better than Tom Brady based on the bullet points, I'd take him over Tom Brady. Right now, of course. I, I would. Of course. Yeah, I would. I, but if you were going to say better all-around skills, it depends on what you're looking for from a skill set. Because exactly. Mahomes is – the fact that Mahomes is in the conversation – is a compliment to Mahomes right. alone. We can just leave it at that right now. Like the track record of success for one Tom Brady, whatever yeah. else you think of him, or yeah. cheating, a long yeah. record of cheating as well. Yeah, exactly. Let's just let's just uh, let's just leave that there for right now. That's the wisdom of sometimes of just going. We don't need to go there. Um, Jail. Let's see. Marquez Valdez Scantlin is he a fantasy factor in twenty twenty three? I'm going to surprise you and say feel it because uh, he's going to be fairly cheap. Right, you know, like he'll be outside the top three. You'll you'll not be drafting him as uh, one of your your starting assets. It'll be his second year in the offense. Shows signs of life. Uh, maybe he can build on that a little bit. And I know we've been saying he can build on that a long time for Mark Westfall, that Scantling, and yet he has built nothing. So that's uh, you know on the range of possible outcomes as he continues to build nothing. But I will you know uh, you know while Patrick Mahomes is defending the universe, he needs pieces to help to help him defend and. And those pieces are all going to have weeks where they're they're viable, and we saw that already with MVS. And it, you know, if he can build a little more consistency into that, and we'll see what some of those other pieces may not be there. Yeah, consistency is the big thing with him. Is that and and he has built a bankroll, and coming from South Florida, um, and really being a late round pick, he's done pretty well. But he's a, because he's such a good athlete, and he has worked at his game. The problem is, is that for us, when we watch him, we see him drop passes that he should have no business dropping. But the good part of that is, is that he must be good enough that Patrick Mahomes will go to him a second straight time, and he will make the play. Now, technically, his his technical skills are just bad enough that you have this kind of thing where you look at him and go, he's not very. He's just not very good compared to the players that that you would want to compare him to. Um, and I think that that's the thing with him is that the speed is good enough. The route running can be good enough. The, the catch point stuff is the box of chocolates. You just never know what you're going to get kind of deal. And But Mahomes showing faith of him, you know, he does make, he can make difficult plays with bad technique. Right. And when you can do that, there's there is something important impressive about you as an athlete because if we were to remove that he's a starting wide receiver in the nfl on the kansas city chiefs and you were watching this dude on a in a park on a field uh, and or, or you were playing against him or you're you were like, the dude in like the uh, hotel commercial running around scouting players right there you go and and you would get the excited look on your face exactly if you see a kid who's literally making difficult plays with bad technique you'd be impressed by that and you know that's kind of where valley scantling is it doesn't make him a doesn't make him a top fantasy threat but he will be a factor i would agree juju smith schuster is he going to be back in casey sounds like he wants to be i you know and him wanting to be is going to be part of this equation because the money it will be part of the equation remember mvs got paid quite a bit more 
than Juju, right? So, you know, Juju's going to want some more. It's how much more is going to be the, the 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 crux of the issue here. Uh, I think they'd be wise to bring him back. I think he would be wise to return. Uh, so I'll say feel it, but money will be an issue at some point. I want to say feel it. I think that would be the best possible fit for both teams, but I'm going to say fuck it because I think they're going to say we're going to have faith in Sky more or and or Kadarius Tony. They and, probably should not have that. Which they probably should not have that. <laughs> but but Sky Moore, I think they will, even if it's a, a yeah, bit sure. of a stretch. So and they, Tony, they will. I mean, you know, he, he he's delivered some. So. Yeah. So Britton Covey, do you even know who that is, Bob Harris? I do know who that is. I am vaguely familiar with Britton Covey because he's the guy we thought was going to be an active when Greg Ward was going to be the guy who came in and was the guy who was going to throw a pass that was a non-quarterback that made everyone's prop bets work, but then he was inactive and Kobe was the punt returner and everything was good. Yeah. So do you think he has any remote shot of being a fantasy factor in 2023? I do not. Fuck him. Yeah, I don't either really, but he's, but I would keep an eye on him for a couple of years. I could see maybe second well, contract of course you would. slot guy, you know, of course I would. Yes. All right. Devonta Smith, future fantasy number one for you or you're feeling that aren't you yes and uh at least one of these way too early mock drafts i've been in because i had the first pick overall he came back around at the turn at the two at the end of two and he has my wide receiver one this draft is crazy wide receiver heavy i will say that right i mean crazy wide receiver heavy i think it was uh three running backs and a tight end went in the first round everyone else has been was wide receivers in the first round and the second round was equally wide receiver heavy. So uh, that being said, uh, I do think he's, I think, look, man, down the stretch, you couldn't, you, you couldn't tell me that he wasn't the wide receiver one in that offense down the stretch. See, I'm this, uh, my, my answer is fuck it. I'm not arguing with people like you talking about Devonta Smith as a pot, potential wide receiver one in the same way that fuck it I don't want to argue with anybody about Calvin Ridley he may 30 not plus percent target share down the stretch that puts you in the territory yeah right? I mean I'm not going to get all uh, otherwise you're just arguing semantics of what a wide receiver right. one is right and, and, that's it yeah it's where you draft him right I mean and if I like is he an ideal wide receiver one no, uh, no. is he a serviceable wide receiver one I'll take it maybe is, so is Jalen Waddle is he a wide receiver one because maybe so because AJ Brown is there and and teams eventually are like we've got to focus on AJ Brown or is AJ Brown a wide receiver one because everyone's realizing Devontae Smith is burning them come on man get with the program nah fuck that fuck that I am told I'm totally AJ Brown so so but but I'm feeling I'm feeling Devonta Smith is a fantasy guy is a wide receiver one all right, Isaiah Pacheco, running back one in KC in 2023. Now that we've continued to ask this question at least three times in the in the past, you know, nine weeks, I think it feels like we I've asked this question. Feeling him as the running back one of some number. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling a draft to be honest with you, and and it's going to be a wide receiver, but I do think I'm going to running back, but I think that running back will be either a, a day one talent like. Um, like the the kid Evans out of Ole Miss, who who Zach Evans, who might fall to the fourth round, um, but be uber talented, and they take him, and then Isaiah Pacheco was like Brett a nice Beach story. For seventh rounders, Matt, you know better. Yeah. yeah, they they might be, you know, and the way that Pacheco has played, and Jerry on Ely could possibly be in the, in the argument. I think 
yeah, Pacheco is Pacheco's probably safe for now. Um, but I'm not feeling him as a running back one in fantasy. Maybe a running back two. There we go. All right. We've already talked about Sky Moore as a potential fantasy asset. Let's Travis Kelsey, number one overall in fantasy in 2023 Fuck. drafts. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be drafts where I draft him first overall, without a doubt. I mean, you know, so I feel like, and I have him ranked pretty high. I have him ranked, in, you know, inside my top six. Um, and I think any all those top six, as I go through various best balls, if I get, you know, out of 100 plus best balls, if I have six plus number one picks, I'm going to have six plus players in that number one pick overall because diversifying seems like a wise course of action these days. Um, <clears throat> according to Jonathan Taylor, that would be a wise course. Um so, so yeah, I think there will be times where I draft them. Look, you're after leverage over the field. Who, who, else, you know, like in the last year or two, we've talked about, I've talked about Christian McCaffrey being that guy at running back. And for the most part, he had, but he wasn't this year. I still like him an awful lot. Uh, Travis Kelsey was a player and a half at his position this year in average weekly scoring. I want that leverage over the field, and you're not going to get it anywhere with the first round. I Talk, I'll say this. Fuck the age worries. Talk to me when he turns 35. When he turns 35, I'll start to have a little bit more concern. But he's got two more years before that. Of course, maybe you know, I'm, I have, I have, the, I have a, an old age bias, so I say the same with Derrick Henry. Look at me go. <laughs> <laughs> Eagles red zone defense giving up the same play for a touchdown to Sky Moore and Tony, <clears throat> to, um, Tony, Tony, you know, back to back. As Jonathan Gannon travels to Arizona for his head coaching interview, he might want to have a good answer because that's probably the first question. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, how did how does that happen? I, you know, fuck that. I mean, it, you know, it was. I, I, I want to say I want, I'd rather say it was really sharp play calling by Andy Reid, who is a really sharp play caller. So I'll probably go with that side of it. But come on, man, you got to be ready for these things when you're playing Andy Reid. I'm ready to say fuck all those people who kept saying Andy Reid can't win a big Super Bowl, and they're but they're all going to blame say Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, but they were all probably also the same people willing to say, um, well, without Tyreek Hill, they're not going to be they're going to get exposed and they're not going right. to get there. Um, certainly, Patrick Mahomes is a huge factor. Travis Kelsey is a huge factor, but you got to have their players also a huge factor. Yeah. You have to have a great player and the way that they line up and set these Who guys else is up, doing the ring around yeah. the Rosie. Who else is playing the snow globe game here? Nobody. Yeah. This is like 40 chess. Everyone else is playing. Yeah. Playing hopscotch. It's, it's a, this is why these so-and-so isn't good enough. And this person is the big reason really most of the time that's bullshit. Most of the time it's, it's a team sport and you have to have some guys who can create and make huge plays outside the scheme, but you also need to have a great scheme to put these guys in position to have easy plays so you don't have to lean on them to do the crazy stuff all the time. And that's where Dak Prescott screwed, is while I'm not putting him in the same category as Patrick Mahomes, if you scheme, you can scheme, he can do things outside the scheme for you, but if you lean on him to do that all the time, he's going to earn a lot of criticism. Um, and a lot of players tend to be one range or the other where it's like, oh, they're being protected to, you know, and then when they get exposed, they can't do stuff, Daniel Jones, to, um, <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, there we go. But, yeah. So there we All go. Right. Hey, my turn, my turn, yes. my turn, my turn. 
So is there a first-round wide receiver in the NFL draft this year? I'd say fuck it, though there may be a team that takes Jackson Smith and Jigba, and I can see that. If if you're wanting to get a a guy in that role, that Cup Jefferson, um, more Cup Amon Ross St. Brown role, and I would say closer to St. Brown than Cup, um, Jackson Smith and Jigba is a very good wide receiver. I think he's one of those guys on that list. Um, otherwise... I would not draft a, a receiver in the first round if I were a GM in this in this particular so, draft. So what are you doing in dynasty drafts? Is uh, I mean, when does the first wide receiver hit? Um, that's a good question. I think that you know the the thing about wide receivers is is from a fantasy perspective that's different from an NFL draft perspective. So there's going to be enough guys that you could probably get that are going to be second and third round guys who will get an, a chance for an early impact within the first couple of years. So you can still probably say it's a safe bet to draft some wide receivers at the end of the first round if you're patient. If you're playing dynasty like you play redraft, then I think tight end and um, running back and, and, and quarterback are your bets this year. And I would say running back and quarterback and one of the top two to three tight ends this year will be your instant impact potential players. You know, Dalton Kincaid has a chance to be what um, Kyle Pitts was last year, if you ask me. I think he, in in the right spot, he could, not last year, but the year before. Year before. Year before. I think he has a chance to to be able to do that. I think there's probably three to five running backs who are worthwhile. um, And I think that there's three three quarterbacks. short, short, Short version, Matt Waldman is trading all his draft picks. No, because I I'm a patient guy, I'm a I'm a patient guy. But if I'm one of you redraft redraft posing as dynasty guys, Look, then man, yeah, I'm trading. I, I still have like Joshua Kelly based on your recommendation. Come on, don't don't, don't accuse me of letting go of talent, young man. <laughs> I'll not have it. Okay, one last one, one last one. Feel it or fuck it. Uh, that flag. Uh, did James Bradbury hold enough to draw a flag? Um. No, not in, not at that point in the game. They they should have let him play in the spirit of the game. No, from a from a hall monitor perspective, yes, technically it was a flag, and he admitted that well, it was. Would it, was that would that have been a catchable pass if he hadn't been held? That's a good question. What do you think? I don't know. I saw Drew Davenport arguing it would be this morning, so I thought it was a good argument. Um, I thought probably not, but and I probably wouldn't have called that. But I'm not mad that it got called. So yeah, yeah. I would have probably let him play, but that's just me. Um, there's a little, there's a lot of little ticky tack things, and this is a, this is one of the hardest subjects anyway, because when you talk about, um, when you talk about what's a push off and what's a hold, when it comes to those things, y- you could, you have to break it down on a certain level until you start seeing the techniques enough that you understand what the the player is trying to do and what you're looking at, and like literally, you need oh full-time officials who study tape no. and literally like can oh, understand man. what that technique looks like so that in a split second they can see the difference and tell you the difference between a hold and a push off but you know until we have that that's not going to happen so fuck the nfl for not having full-time officials that's my my thought it's not like they can afford them or anything come on oh i know i mean they're so poor i mean i don't i don't even know how they eat you know these poor or train or you know yeah. All right. Football season's over. I'm done. Football season's over. Uh, I'm going to take the day off.
All so right. I you. don't do that very often. Bye. Love you. Bye.